Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. Happy Monday, everyone. It's a it's a Monday while the Bearcat basketball team is still playing past spring break. How about that? It is a Monday where football will be back this week. It's a Monday as well where we have a very special guest to break down Bearcat basketball, old, new, past, present, future, everything as you will. And yet again, it's a Monday where I get to welcome in my guys, my pals, the uh, the trio that joined me in breaking down everything Cincinnati Bearcat top to bottom. That's right. Without further ado, Mr. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? Delightful. 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 How about yourself? You know, I'm digging this new uh, this new little banner that we go ahead and took from uh, from the PTP RIPTP. Love you guys. They you left know. it in the will. Oh, it was <laughs> it's a good hand me down. That's that's for damn sure. But uh, yeah, I'm good, Chad. Thanks for asking, Aaron. How are we? Doing all right. Just uh, kicked it with the the little one all day today. So um, excited to be around adults now. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to so the adult. It's kind of is, I agree. Ryan, looking suave. How are we? Just uh, got out of the shower, had a little workout, so had to rush to get on the show, but feeling good. I'm excited to talk to Kane, get to learn something about him. Let that, uh, let that image seek in every uh, all you crazy people out there. But you know what? Uh, You're so weird. Sometimes when the, <laughs> you're so weird. Sometimes if you're having a rough day, there's nothing better than going home and taking a like an ice cold shower to get your mind right. Mm. What one of those rough days might be because of you know your car breaking down. You know you needing an oil change. Something something rough happens. That's why you got to mention our, our our boys over at Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Danco Joe, our boys. You know you can go get Galactic Fried Chicken, but you can't get there if you don't get your car fixed over at Danco Auto Care. And transmission. So, uh, you know what, guys? I I got to mention Danco Joe, but I got to mention the guy next to me, Kane Broom. Kane, sir, how are we? Good, man. I can't complain. You know, get to get to do something I like to do every day. So I've been enjoying that. How everybody else doing? Hey, we're doing, we're doing. But Chad, I'm gonna let you take an official introduction for one Kane Broom. Take it away, Chad. One one of my guys, one of my favorites. Uh, Bearcats over the years. What people don't understand is, is like when a guy in the old days, when a guy would transfer in, he'd have to sit out a year. And when he had to sit out a year, that would mean there would be time, like before games, that he wasn't out on the floor. So he would be stuck talking to me. And then we would get to know each other. And then I would get to know his dad and know the family. And uh, that was that was fortunately the case with Kane, a guy that I, I got to, to grew to know really well. And loved having in the program. Loved watching his success as a Bearcat. Loved keeping up with him uh, as as life plays out. And uh, I know we had him on back last summer, getting ready for the uh, the, the the tournament. And uh, it's it's awesome to have him back here again. Kane, welcome back, my friend. It is good to see you. How is life? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's good, man. It's just um, you know, on a new journey, trying to figure this coaching world out. You know, it's different than the playing aspect of it but um you know you get to find like the love for it again kind of re-over and um or just on the other side of things so i've just been trying to focus on that and trying to like you know give all that my attention as far as you know because some days you know you like oh, i want to play and you, know, you kind of go back and forth with it because it's my age but you know 
I'm kind of getting over that hump of finding like what I love in that side of it. And um, the last two years have been pretty good for me as far as getting around some good talent and like, helping develop them and just get them ready for college. Update people on where you're at. Let people know what uh, what, what you're doing right now. So I'm at um, St. Thomas Moore, which is a uh, boarding school in, on the East Coast. And on the East Coast, it's like pretty big on um, prep school as far as yeah. like it's getting prepared. And, um, you know, we got we got a, we had a group of guys. We had a, a few seniors, but this group was more juniors. And, um, you know, just trying to get those guys ready for college. Uh, we had a pretty good, good season this year. We, you know, could have been a little bit better, but. The juniors, they had a pretty good year. One of the guys on our team was a senior. He um actually from Cincinnati. And he's gonna end up going to Stonehill this year. So um that kind of that was good for me too. That that connection there, you know, it can he was a Bearcat fan, so it was pretty cool. When when are you gonna when, when are you getting some Bearcats up there at St. Thomas More, sending them to Cincinnati? Let's go. I'm sure Wes I'm sure West is like, I'm trying to. Yeah, no, I mean, um, we got a kid, we got a kid that uh is a top 25 kid, um, and I'm trying to kind of yeah, – I know Wes was trying to, you know, get the season going and, you know, keep his mind on that. So I didn't want to pressure him a little bit because the kid just kind of blew up this year. Um, but I'm definitely – you know, I'm I'm in here trying to push it, trying to push it, but I also want him to, you know, go through his, his recruitment and have his time. Before we dive too much further into I, – I mean, your playing days and everything – uh, to talk, talk a little bit about the, the prep school route these days, especially with a lot of just changing in the entire recruitment of players overall, whether it be JUCO, whether it be transfer portal, whether it be everything. What's, where does the prep school route fit into all of this? So, I mean, it's, it's it originated as like, you know, um, to help most people with academic, you know, struggles. So, like, we kind of – here, that's more so where we like to kind of get juniors that can kind of reconstruct their careers because they might have the talent, but they don't have the grades just yet. So, you know, it gives you that extra year of flexibility to kind of qualify and, you know, just make up classes that you might have BSed around in and, you know, your freshman, sophomore year. So, um, but now it's kind of, you know, it's with, with COVID, it kind of became like, um, kind of like a portal in the sense of like those guys who were seniors that kind of didn't get to play that year flooded those flooded those prep schools and right. things like that. So now just, you know, it's it's more basketball. I like it. I think it gives a lot of kids more opportunities, you know, because there's a lot of prep ones, prep twos. So now, you know, you might have a few division ones, division twos, division threes coming fish too. So um, it's pretty good. I, I like it. I like the prep school. Right? I think it's necessary for certain people. And just, you know, maybe your high school don't have the development that you need, you know, like going into college because it might be a public school or whatnot. So, you know, it, it has a benefit in it. I got a, I got a question for you. I, I don't know if you've been watching much of the for. tournament. I don't know if you got much been watching much of the tournament. Ryan, Chad, I don't know if you guys had. There's a number one seat, the Purdue yeah. Boilermakers. They went down to to old FDU coach Tobin, and I I tell you what FDU Farley Dickinson or Fairly Dickinson however you say it, Kane you've got a little history with with uh, FDU. Do you know what game in particular I might be mentioning a game yes. at FDU? Can you, yeah, can you tell FDU. us what happened at FDU one time? I had I had a pretty good game. We won. I had thirty nine. I think six assists maybe and six rebounds. 
career high 39 yeah. points against F. And I missed seven free throws, I think. Did seven you? Yeah. Yeah, you were four or seven. Ooh. No, no, no. You were four or seven from three. Free throws. Uh, yeah, free 15 to 22. I mean, 22 yeah. free throw attempts. We'll, we'll let yeah. you miss seven. That's all right. Yeah. No, you know, so what's crazy is um, – Get, get to your question though. Get to your question about that about that game. Explain that day to well, me. I, well, I mean, that game was just I, I can't even tell you. It just felt like another game. I just was getting fouled a lot, making shots. But I watched that game and you know, credit to them. You know, I like I like to see that, you know, for that conference one. And personally, like that coach, Coach Tobin, he uh he's real close with my head coach, the guy that I play for here. And he actually recruits out of here nonstop. So he was here last year, but at his school, his Division II school, recruiting. And then Staff, to see right? him get the job, yeah, to see him get the job and get to the tournament and get that win, you know, that was kind of dope. So, so let's get to but the weekend. It made me think about the time we lost, and I ain't like that. So I was like, you know, I ain't watched the rest of the games for that day. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, let's get to this weekend. You had a chance to uh, to hit a, hit out to Long Island. And yeah. uh, check out the Bearcats and Hofstra. Just uh, take me through the the experience getting to to watch this team and kind of your your initial thoughts on getting to see them uh, as you know they've progressed throughout this year. Um, it was it, it was it was good to see them. You know, it was my first time seeing them in person this year. Um, I mean, you you've been on the inside of those those pickup rounds, so you know it was yeah. good to actually see them play against some other people. Um, and throughout the season, I, I think they they definitely uh, progressed um, and became better as a team. I think right now they still kind of figuring it out. Like they could, you know, if they were in the tournament, I think, you know, they probably would have got a one or two and made some noise. Um, but it's just a process, you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, personally, I think a lot of people, you know, even myself, you know, just you want to win right away. But, you know, it's a process. It's just like anything else. So I think, you know, those guys are figuring it out. And it just so happened it's, it's towards the end of the season. You know, unfortunately for us as fans. But a win, though. I I mean, taking a win at yeah. Hofstra. It was a walkaway win, honestly. You know, we, we had a few possessions at the end. We kind of got sloppy a little bit. But it was a walkaway win. So, you know, you can't really complain about that. And you, know, you just got to take that for what it is. Because that Hofstra team was a pretty good team. You know, Rutgers wasn't, wasn't no joke this year in itself. You know, they was a bubble team who should have, you probably should have got in. So I think. You know, that was a pretty good win for Hofstra with them coming home and having, you know, that win on their back and for us to go in there and kind of handle that pretty easily. I, you know, we got to give the guys credit. What What do you think of Wes's system? Do you watch it and go, boy, I'd have yeah, a do. lot of fun yeah, I like that, it. Man. I like it. I like it, you know. Um, but what's weird it is it is different for me now because what we did, you get what I'm saying? So I look at it from both sides of the fence like, yeah, I like that. But then, you know, sometimes it's like, Damn, I'm looking at it from like if we if they did some of the things we did, you know, which you know offensively I would have you know probably been a little bit better in um, that that system. But it's you know I I like me and, me and Kev was talking about it this morning. Um, it's a pretty it's pretty good to see both sides. You know, what I'm saying like that is that is expanding to that. People always talk about uh, the the matchup zone. Explain to people how hard that thing. I don't think people understand. They think they think zone. They just think like you know, 
standing around in the two, three and, and waving your arms. No. Explain to people it, how difficult the 25 was. Cause it's, it's not easy. I, I think you gotta have like, so even, even with my guys, like you, I tried to like not do 25 because I understood like you saying right now, how much goes into it and you can't really just teach that in the amount of time you have with high school guys. But, um, like the communication for one is, which a lot of guys, you know, don't really do. Like they talk, but they do it like as, you know, coaches making you. Like the communication to me was the first thing that like you got to communicate with each other. Cause you're a quiet you, guy. That's not easy yeah. for you. And that's, you know, but on the court, I, it came out because that's, you know, you had to, for one, to be correct on the defense. So I think that was the first thing where like you have to be on the same page as guys and know, like it I, and trust them at that. Like, I know if I sell out on this if I sell out on this switch and I'm gonna get rolled out, you know, I'm gonna roll out and I'm gonna have a guy on the wing, and I we just trusted that every time, and it just so happened like that the guy that I trusted, you know, he trusted me and vice versa, and we kept going on through the five. So I think that's that's the part that people don't see, like you know, they just look at it like oh, it put us in a zone and we just switch everything. Like no, you got like you got to believe those guys gonna be in the right spot and that you're gonna take with. You that guy's spot to make it happen. I know your game's different than Dave, but but you do have to watch how Dave, the freedom Dave gets to Julius to, to mm-hmm. play with the ball and create and be creative and use the step back like he does and uh, kind of use that floater in the mid-range, all things that you were really good at. Like, I know you're looking at that at times going, that, that would, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, do. I, I do. I see it. I see it. I definitely do. But, you know, I take it for what it is. You know, I can't go back. I, and and I I, and and no, and I and I know. I'm just saying. I just, for me personally, I just try to look at it like for them, you know, like if, yeah. if they get the freedom to do that, like, and I I like that one for them, you know what I'm saying? Because this, like I said, I got I got corrupted up here after after my sit out year. I was it wasn't about just that to me. So it was like you know I was happy with the, just the dub at that point. You know, we was winning so much games. It was just like I'd rather win than, the, you know. But I had my days where I got my, you know, got sure. my, dad, Julie, my my Dave on, you know. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, we'll talk more about those. But it, so talk about that transition year because right now the landscape in college basketball is is pretty insane with not only NIL but also the yeah. transfer portal in general. I, you being one of the, uh, I mean, OG transfers, I guess we can call them. Now, where you have, where you do have to sit out that year, how how tough was that to contemplate the transfer, a of all, and then b of all, how how tough was that sit out year, and then also tell everyone why you why you decided on uh, Cincinnati too. Cavs. So, like after like, the the thought of transferring, like the sit out part wasn't really like a bad like I, it didn't really cross my mind too much until like when it was time to decide where I was going to actually go. Because at first, you know, you're just like, oh, I'm going to go to this. It's like being in high school again, kind of like, oh, I'm about to pick what school I'm going to go to. And then when it's like, all right, it's time to pick, I started to think. And this is when I got the crate in the Cincinnati, to me, it was like comfort at that point. Because then it kicked in like, okay, you're not playing this year. So, like, if, y'all, if you're just not on the road traveling all the time, not, you know, playing games, like, do are you comfortable here? Like, do you want to be here? Like so, and that's that's ultimately why I felt I felt more comfortable in Cincinnati on my visit than I did in Craig. So that's why I'm in Cincinnati, and I was just more comfortable with 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 making Savino. So 
And then when I came with the guys with Troy and Cab and Jake and all those guys, it was, you know, I felt pretty comfortable. So that was a pretty pretty elite group of guys to just as people. Mm. Gary, Trey, like the whole group. Uh, yeah. I imagine as a somebody coming in, like they see they were always seemed very welcoming, seemed like, you know, it, they they hit it off with new guys pretty quick to where it <laughs> it was easy. Yeah. And that to me, that's that that was that was a big factor. Like it had and not to say that other schools don't like because I just don't know about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I sure. felt like the like the culture was felt, you know what I'm saying? It was more than like oh just basketball with it. And you see it with us because you you know, we like you said, like Chad said, we pretty tight with Chad and we keep in touch with him. So he sees it like when we come there, we see Chad. Like he sees we always together still to this day. So to me, I kind of already had came out before I actually got super cool with these guys. And you know, and, and from the older guys, like too, like we still in contact with those guys. So that's a big part. That was a big part of me, of me being like, I could stay here and I don't got to, you know, feel like I'm 10,000 miles away from home. So that was a big part of it. And you can come back into town. And the minute you come back into town, it's like nobody's skipped a beat. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was, that. I, I love it. My, my parents, even my parents and my family, like they, they, they want to go back every year just to, you know, fill that. So it was, it, I, I think the transfer portal year helps with certain situations like that. But if somebody is like, so say you might have a guy that's, uh, you know, NBA politics, right? So like you might have a guy who's 20 years old, who's a sophomore, right? Who's, who's pretty good. He might be averaging 24, 25 points at a low major school. Right. If he gets in the transfer now, like back then, his chances of going to the NBA goes down. It's clock, yeah. Because the clock, right? So now it's like, okay, what if I got this guy who's, who's even as a coach, I might think like, well, damn, I got a kid. He averaging 16 as a freshman, 17 as a freshman. I already know he's going. Like maybe you should, you know, that's just me because I'm, I'm a player too. So maybe that's just how I would think. But like. On that side of it, it works because now what if, you know, he goes to Kentucky and plays and he starts and he averages 14 as a, as a sophomore. He can get drafted because his clock. But if he sat out a year, things to change. So I think it, it helps. But now it's like, OK, now if you're not ready and you get there, you lost a year and they might recruit over you. So it's it's tough. It's, it's, it's a tough decision. Like like I said, my is a kid. I got a kid right now who played with us last year who's, who's transferring. So, you know, he's just trying to figure out that situation I'm kind of helping them and um, just letting them know like it's, it's tough you know but you gotta you know just be willing to look at everything like I said like I, I looked at a situation where am I comfortable living here check you know do I think it's gonna be minutes for me check you know and I went down the line and it, ultimately I picked the right spot I think so I mean Omaha Cincinnati it's yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is a little different it is a little different but it, you know <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why you're talking about. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> no, 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 you missed my. It was a wordplay. I no. said I don't know what. I don't know why you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, go ahead, Brent. Go ahead. Uh, no, I just so that that year that you were sitting out, though, that was a that was a really good team. Obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. top to bottom. Yeah, and you were you were out there practicing with them each day. What were those practices like against you know you, you've got your seniors and then you've got those 
youngsters that you could tell are like, okay, these underclassmen yeah. are getting ready to take off too. Yeah, no, it was good. It was definitely some battles every day in practice. You know, we, we went red squad, black squad, and, you know, we talked junk every practice. And I think that's what helped us. Like, it was definitely competitive practice. It wasn't, you know, one side dominating all the time. It was, you know, and on top of Mick being honest. So, like, I think it, it helped us. We're going in that one team kind of helped us go my last three years kind of ran off that, you know, the next year we won another 30 and then like 27 a year after that 26, one of those. But I felt like that team is what started that run, like those practices. And then, and then obviously you're, you start playing, you've had some pretty, pretty damn memorable games, man. Uh, I, I mean, obviously the, the game at Tulsa mm-hmm. one, your, your senior year, you hit a couple of big shots against UConn. I, I, I guess when you boil it down, you know, and what, what what kind of are like a top two, top three biggest moments or memories that you have just on the court wise in games? Um, I I would say the number one, uh, the number one would probably be UConn, just because it was at home, and it was in at the Excel Center at that like mm-hmm. I live like five minutes from there, so. Um, that obviously the Tulsa because I kind of blacked out, <laughs> and and um, I like I, the Houston win, the Houston championship senior year, kind of. Okay. That was a big one for us. I thought that because they got you was, on senior day. Yeah, so I, that was a you guys. You guys were hell bent on revenge that afternoon. Yeah. What's it What's it like playing with a guy like Jaron on a day like that where he's just not going to lose? He no matter what happened. He was not losing that game, no matter what. No, nah, it was. I know it was. Jaren was a Jaren was a competitor. Um, I love playing with Jaren. Like he he wasn't he didn't he didn't he wasn't really a talker like that. But you just knew like when he like he had had a switch and he get, he would just tell you like you know I need the ball like give me the ball or he he and he has still confidence in dudes. That's what I liked about Jaren too. Like he wasn't just all about himself. So Matt's got crazy. Matt's got a good question down here. So uh, you you just briefly mentioned red and black team. I want you to to give us a breakdown. Who's on the red team? Who's on the black team? And uh, kind of how did the games go throughout the uh, throughout the season? It was I think I think black was. Now some of these guys are interchangeable because like it was more than ten guys on the team, right. but like the black squad was general Kyle. starters. Yeah, yeah, it was it was Kyle, J- Gary, Troy. Kevin, Jaren, no Jacob, yeah. and then it, it'll be it'll be uh, me, Justin, Jaren, Trey, and Nas. Pretty good second unit. Yeah. So good second, second unit. <laughs> it was it was a it was a it was it was a good game. I ain't gonna lie. In the summertime, they was getting us like at first when that we and then by the time the season started, we was we was right there with them. Okay, yeah, I mean, you kind of carrying the load for some of those. That if I remember mixing correctly, so yeah, yeah, props to you there. Um, and then, uh, so so your senior year, obviously, you guys are able to to have some, yeah. Case base, you're right. That what the damn roster is right. So your your senior year, you also were able to to, to go on the uh, on the trip. What was the uh, the preseason or not preseason the early season tournament that you guys went on. You you were on all tournament team, had had a career high as a Bearcat, I believe, on that trip. 
mm-hmm. against uh, George Mason. Kind of, kind of talk about how how that beginning of your senior year and kind of the the transition and then the ownership that you took on. Because, I mean, obviously, you know Jeremiah Davenport, he he moved into that six man role a lot like you did in your senior year. Kind of just that that mm-hmm. offensive spark off the bench. Kind of mention what that meant to you to kind of own into that and buy into that. And then if you've kind of seen Jeremiah try and do that as well this year. Um, I just, you know, it was about the team, you know, at that point. It was it wasn't about me. Like, you know, I and I was doing it for a year already. So it wasn't really different to me. I it, it was I felt like the first game of my senior year when I started, I I not not anyone else, like just personally, I felt like I put more pressure on myself that game. Just because it was it was just like oh I'm starting now I gotta do this do that so but then like the next game he was like oh just gonna play the same exact minutes just come off the bench and for me I just after that I was just more comfortable with that because I've been doing that for a year it was like I knew what I was doing as soon as I get in the game so I think it's it's a, it's definitely a transition that you don't want in the beginning but once you learn like that is not that doesn't define what you do in the game then you know all best is off and you can you can be the guy that day so knowing you though it knowing you though it had to be pretty cool as a friend and a teammate to see the year that justin had yeah he was my roommate roommate too one one of the best three-point shooting seasons in program history and like as far as he came as a player to be the guy that he was the senior year where he became this reliable consistent steady guy that was kind of the calming influence, and then you could come in and provide a spark, and you guys were kind of a yeah. a two headed monster. Yeah, no, I think I think I, I I was I was genuinely happy for Justin. You know, like he because most guys in his situation would have left. You know, yeah. like just just being scared of competition. You know, not even knowing who I was. Right, like it would have been like okay, I didn't play my freshman year really. I didn't play my sophomore year that much, and then you bring it in another guard. Like uh, most guys would have been like, you know, that's probably my sign to get out of here. So for the fact that he stuck it through and he's seen the benefits of that, like, you know, you can't, how can you not be happy for a guy like that? So, you know, and plus on top of him, you know, being a close friend and not only a friend, I lived with him at, you know, for my junior year, like you know, I couldn't be no more happy than. So, and then uh, kind of talk to me about this, this three point jump that Justin made. Did, did you, Kind of forecast that coming. I, I mean, it kind of took me by surprise. It, it just no, I mean, I no, not really because I felt like the year before he was just he just worked on it. Like he just, yeah, yeah it was just something because I just I felt like his whole game just switched. You know, kind of in a sense of like he was more he was still attacking, but before that he was more downhill. Like he was trying to get downhill more. And he just you know played a calmer game, shot his three when he was wide open, and it, it shot his percentage way up. So. Game winners are always fun. Uh, Dave had one earlier this year. I, I, I mean, he's he's kind of been in the mix on a couple or you know earlier this year. You had a big one uh, in the AAC semifinals against Wichita State. Do you remember that much at all? Can you can you break down what the? What yeah, you I almost that? lost it. I almost lost it. Like slipped, and then I got it back, and I did the same exact. Move. I did the same exact move, and got to a layup, uh, left hand layup. Was was Wichita kind of thinking that it was going to be like a like a pick and pop for Jaron? Did you feel, or was it kind of you? I don't know. I'd be watching it. it over, and it was it was just it was wide open. So I don't know what they was thinking. 
because it was like, you know, and I'm left-handed. So this just give me the whole left side. It was just, I wasn't going to reject. I wasn't going to not shoot it. So, but that one was another one. That would have been my third, my third, I would say. I remember that one. Okay. How much dislike was there against Wichita State just from the game at Northern? Where there was a little, you know, they break the home win streak. It was, it was, it was definitely, we, we, it wasn't like, I think it was more though that it was a double loss for us and it was at home, you know, because we just had lost to Houston. Yeah. We came back home and, and lost that one. So we felt that one a little more than we felt Houston. And we can, we there's a little po post game was a little, the handshake line was a little. I didn't even I didn't even notice that. Like people, <laughs> I was on I was on my phone after everybody was like, "Yo, what happened with the coach?" And I'm like, "What you talking about?" Because you know we got so much energy because we won. So I'm I'm not even thinking about that. And they're like, "Yeah, he bumped you." I'm like, oh, "Damn, wish I would have known." <laughs> well, we all we all know what it was about, but we ain't gonna talk about it. Yeah, we do know. I mean, <laughs> I would have did I would have did a little more if I if I would have knew what it was. I would have did a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let that I we'll tell you later, Ryan. Ryan's like, I want to know. We'll tell you later. Yeah. You got any questions, Royer? Player to player? You know, Ryan Ryan was Mr. Bearcat. For real? Yeah. Yeah, well, surprisingly. <laughs> remember the football games they'd show the guy on the sideline and never played that had the face paint like all the way down? <laughs> mm. Let's just say my career was a Ryan. lot like your red shirt year, but you know, I only had one. <laughs> he had five only years had of a red shirt year. <laughs> Yeah, I still got some eligibility left. <laughs> who, who is your, who is your go-to guy got, on the team? You said who was what? Who's like your go-to guy on the team, like your best bud or something? I can't even tell. I can't pick one person. You can't? Who nah. are some of them? I would say – All of them? <laughs> yeah, like pretty much. I mean, like the like, – That team was tight. That team was yeah, like, it's, super close. I'm like – Gary, Trey, Jake, Troy, Cav, obviously. Yeah. Because like, Jaron Cumberland, Justin, I don't know, he, he used to let his his big fucking dog, he used to let it just shit all over the courtyard right in front of my apartment. And I would just come home and there'd be dog shit all over the goddamn <laughs> You do like the big ass dogs. <laughs> yeah. And that <laughs> thing would shit big too, man. And it would just be stinking up my my uh my apartment from the outside in. Yeah, that's if you crazy. ever see him, you let him know that. No, I'm telling. I'm uh, telling. I'm holding a grudge against him for life. You should have put it back on his porch. You should have picked it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would have been good. Yeah. And <laughs> that, was pretty, was pretty, that that team was pretty close. That like that was that's probably the closest team. Like out of every basketball team I've ever been on, that's probably the closest team. Because even like the ones that came in after was pretty close. Like Mamadou and um like. He's still out. He, Mamadou's still in, in Cincinnati. Ellie, you know, I talked to Logan the other day. So everybody's pretty, pretty quite um, tight still. Good, man. It's a lot better to play on teams like that. Yeah. I mean, that's I, mean I think that, that play a big part in winning. Like, if you don't enjoy each other, like, you don't care. You know, you don't care for everybody else's success. So, like, yeah. it's, 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 it's some type of hatred, even when it's like, even when it's not. Like, you kind of just, like, oh, I should have been me that scored 20. Like, I felt like nobody on them teams was like that. Like, yeah. That's good. Here's a here's a comment for you, Ryan. Jaron's dog's shitting where Ryan's supposed to throw his dining room table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we weren't getting we weren't doing all that damage at Corey, man. That was more when we moved out of there. But um, 
And then I guess, are you surprised at all seeing the success Mick has had at UCLA? I mean, no, because I know what he, you know, the, 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 he's serious about, about winning. You know, he's serious about success. I don't think, and it's not even just like winning basketball. I think he tried to preach just like winning in life. So I think yeah, it's, just, it's his time. I think he had a lot of slack over the years. And, you know, he's just getting his just do now. So I hope, you know, I hope you get him one this year. Yeah. I'm going for those guys. I'm always with the way for him. With the way their injury situation's gone, he might be calling you to see if you can get a COVID year. I need one. I'll take it. <laughs> get my masters. Get my masters. So. so you mentioned that you played with Kyle and Kyle had gone into coaching. You're in coaching now and you've been kind of kicking back and forth the idea of, do I want to play? Do I want to coach? What do I want to do? How many conversations have you had with Kyle about that as he knew that if he even picked up the ball, like he was going to want to play again. And just like, what are, what are those conversations like with him, with Dermar? Are there anybody else that you're leaning into um, either Bearcats or otherwise, as far as like coaching prowess goes? Well, um, the, the basketball part, like, I do like I. It don't really come up that often. Like I, I know I'm done. Like I, like not. I could play though. Don't get that one wrong. I could play, but like me, like my mental, like as far as wanting to play, like that's done. For me, more of this the situation I'm at right now is college or prep school, because I know like which I I kind of know the the prep school ranks already in like this area, and I like the I like the. the development of that it's not serious you know you kind of could take your time with it you're not on a timetable with the high school guys because you don't got to win right away it's more so for them so i kind of like that aspect of it um so i just be kind of going back and forth with kyle about like how is it at long well when he was with wes and those guys how how was it at Loyola? like the tough those type of things like that just to see his pick his brain like how how late you staying up cut chopping film, like just that type of stuff, just to make sure that's what I want to do. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw Senior Day or not, uh, but DeJulius ends up kissing the sea paw at half court. And DeJulius ends up kissing the sea paw. I think we're having some lag issues. Um, But so DeJulius ends up kissing the sea paw at half court and like – I don't know if that means anything to you or, or any thoughts you have when you see a guy who went through what he went through in the three years that he was here. But um, just kind of curious to get your thoughts on that. Well, that's what he thinks. He hates it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. All right, then. Well, well Aaron, Aaron's, Aaron was froze for a second, too. Maybe it's a StreamYard thing. Maybe. Scared him off with that questioning. You, you like, sit out for 30 minutes, you pop in for one second, and you run where, the guy off. Where the hell did this guy come from? <laughs> yeah. Who, who's the guy in the background just thinks he can pop in and ask questions out of nowhere? You're back. What's up? You're back. No, I don't know if this, I don't know if this is mine or is this just a site, but I feel like everybody is glitching a little bit. Are you- uh, did you catch the question, or do I need to ask it again? Can you hear us? Uh-oh. 
Okay, I'm going to ask questions like they're supposed to be for Kane and Aaron. You're going to answer them like you are Kane. I'm not going to be good at that. <laughs> I will say, like that was that was something that, like, genuinely, I've never seen a team like each other like those dudes liked each other. Like, I like they just even all if, got along. I like even at the shoot around that I've been to, the, where the guys have come back. Like they're all still like hanging out all, the whole Best time. That they're all here, yeah. sleeping on floors. Even like grown ass men sleeping on floors just to be around each other and all that. Like that's a good question, Kane. When you guys all crash together, do you get a bed or do you have to sleep on the floor? I tried. It went so well for 30 minutes. Pain. I would, you know, I would guess Kane's a team guy. Like he would crash wherever was open. Maybe a couch. Grab a couch. Something along those lines. I think he would too. You know, you know, Jake, Jake's asking, Jake's, Jake wants a bed. Troy wants a bed. How about now? You got us? Yeah. I just put it on my phone. Ah, the iPhone. There we go. All right. (laughs) So when you guys all come back into town and you're all in a big house, are you uh, all sleep on the floor guy? Because I'm guessing, like, Jake wants a bed. Troy wants a bed. I can see Kane just like, I'll sleep wherever, man. I don't care. Nah. It'd be, I mean, yeah, if if it's, if it's, but we're not gonna do that though. We're gonna make sure everybody's pretty good. So it's gonna it'll just be two houses. So so the question I was trying to ask, um on senior night, Julius ends up kissing the seapaw at midcourt. I don't know if you caught that or not. And yeah, I think um I, I just was curious as to what your thoughts were when you see him lean down, kiss the seapaw, and like knowing what he went through over the course of his three years at Cincinnati, just like what you think that process was like for him as somebody who also yeah. transferred in? Man, we're not getting through this question. <laughs> Are we good? Did you hear any of that? We lost him again. Damn. <laughs> maybe maybe the third time will be a charm. Maybe. maybe the third time you ask the same question, we'll, we'll, we'll get it through. <laughs> I think it was great, Aaron. Like, you know, to see a guy like that have that much compassion for the university. You know, maybe maybe kissing the sea paw on senior day is going to be a thing. Like I thought it was, I thought it was good. Let's try it again, third time. Your thoughts on kissing the sea paw as a senior? <laughs> nope, nope. Can you hear I... us? Yeah, unmute. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it was unmute. There you go. There you go. And I don't know what's going on, but no, I, I think I, I like that. You know, I, I think he went through a lot. I think he was, he was, he was good for the uh, program. And he was a guy that was, you know, kind of trying to help it, help the community in itself. So I think, you know, the fans to support him forever. I think he, I think he helped us at a time where a lot of people would have left and did leave. He stuck it out and he, you know, he reaping the benefits of having a great career here at Cincinnati. Yeah, I think he's like he get top five and assists. He's fourth right now by one. He's he's two assists from moving into third solo. 
and I think he's 12 away from second all time, uh, passing Oscar's second year. Yeah, see, see, like you know, that only happened to people that deserve that. So I think you know, him putting that time in and just sacrificing his career for the betterment of the program, I think you know, he will reap the benefits of that now and later. So, you know, looking at the record book, like if you pass Oscar in anything, anything, you did something, you did something. Yeah. You know, it could, and, it could know, be literally, literally anything. Yeah, I think I think he he displayed like his his uh, presence in the program. Like I think he definitely had the year he's supposed to have after sticking it out like that. So I like that. What are your thoughts on UC going to the Big Twelve? I think we gotta get ready. But I like it. Obviously, I I want us to go to you know the best conference ever, but. I think we do got to. I think we do got to. You know, fill in some gaps and just because that that league that league is you know a tough a tough league like physical a very physical league. So we just got to be ready for that aspect of it and just a display display our toughness and our our scoring ability. I think the the way our offense is built, we could you know go in there and disrupt some teams. Do you feel better about it after seeing them this weekend in person? Yeah. I mean, because I like the I like the the free flow, like you said. I like to let guys loose. Now we got to defend a little bit better. I think we got to be a little bit tougher on offense, as far as like on drives and things like that. But that's what's going to come with being in that league. Once you get to learn how they play and what to do and what not to do, like I think we'll be pretty fine in there. I'm not as nervous as everybody else is on Twitter saying we're going to be yeah it's going to be a tough year. I'm not thinking it. I think you're going to be ready going into that. You must not follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Brent's the most positive guy on the planet. Uh, I'm saying for the ones that, you know, just always negative about things. Yeah. Right. I get along great with all them. I mean, <laughs> I, I understand it. I understand it. But at the same time, it's like it's not realistic. You got to change. change. Are you familiar at all with Day Day Thomas? With who? Day Day? Yeah, yeah. Junior college point guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does he compare to Kane Broom? As far as what? (laughs) Is is he he's not better than Kane Broom? Or you're not gonna I mean he's I'm gonna say anybody better than me. I want to say LeBron James is better than me. <laughs> Even though he is, you won't catch me saying I would never say he, he, those words. Like, okay, just if somebody asks me that. So, I mean, I think he's good though. Yeah. Good building block piece to have going into the Big Twelve, then. Yeah, no, I think he's good. And and the other young guys that they got coming in, um, Jizzle, Rayvon, Jizzle, and Rayvon. I think those guys are gonna help us. And obviously, now Lee can come back, right? So. Yep. He's I think if Nadi decides to come back with those young guys, I think we got we got something going in there. You know, we could hold our own, and that's a league where like you can have you can get bumped around a little bit and still make. It. So, yeah, I mean, you don't have it. to be perfect. Yeah, at Virginia all. Like, year, be, yeah. yeah, as I'm saying, you don't got to be close to perfect. So, and that benefits us because I felt like like even this year, like if we was in a situation like that where we can have a few bumps early on in conference and then play our way out of it, we, we would have been a, a good team for that league this, this year, this team. So. so we kind of glossed over Mick real fast. Um, two-part question. Uh, favorite Mick story that you can tell us on air? Um, we can go off air if needed. 
And then uh, do you see any similarities or heavy differences or anything like that comparing Mick to West, just the coaching style or whatnot? We don't have to get too deep into it because that'll that'll drive the board wild. But uh, just kind of kind of favorite story and then what you see in West in comparison. Um. Yeah, all my mixed stories, I got it. I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna say it offline. Like, okay. <laughs> because it's fun, it's fun, it's funny, but like I don't, you know, it's it's it kind of in house. But, locker room yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 just locker room stuff. So um, but Wes, I think I think the passion is the number one thing I would say that I can compare. You know, it's it is displayed differently, but you know, you could just see it throughout the game. Like it's in the in different different coaches have different ways of displaying that, but I say that they both got a lot of passion and like, and they want to win. You know, I could see that West want to win, like in all his actions. So, I would say that that's the one thing that I see that they both got. How have the interactions gone with you and Wes? That, were you able to kind of catch up with him when he first got the job when he was trying to reach out to all the previous players yeah. and whatnot? I talked, you know, me and him text here and there. You know, I, I, um, we yeah, we all went out to dinner when he first got the job last year. Um, we all went out um, to Holy Grail for the event, and then you know I just ran. I ran into him after the game. Just had a few words. He just you know he's very he's very helpful. He tries to help me throughout this process. You know he's always telling me if I need something, reach out to him, and he's just reaching out. Period. Just trying to make sure that I'm doing this and staying focused with it. So yeah, I think I got a pretty good relationship with him, with Chris, and Mike. You know Mike Roberts played in this conference that I'm that I coach in. So. I stay in touch with those guys. So, do you do you know Maddie Mills? You know Matt Miller that works on the staff. Matt kind Miller. of the yeah, a little shorter guy, dark hair. Mm. If I oh, tell yeah, you, yeah, 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 younger, yeah, yeah, younger yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. Do you know yeah, who yeah, yeah. he is? Is I mean I know him, but I don't know him like personally. Do you remember when you were in school, the the younger kid that used to sit on the court with like the bigger afro? Hmm. That's him. You know Greg and Steve, right? Yeah. That's Greg's son, Matt. Oh, shit. Remember Matt? Greg's son? That's Matt. (laughs) It don't look anything like him from when he was little, does Uh it? But that was that that happened to me before though, because my 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 first coach when I left, like I coached his son last year, and I went to a game, and he was I was I was like out of sacred I, like remember what I said I was at a sacred heart I went I coached his son last year here, I was at a sacred heart game and he was on the bench and I was like I seen his mom in the crowd so I'm like and and, and their daughter I'm like yo where's where's uh, Luke, and he's like oh he's right there and pointing to the bench at sacred heart bench, at the game and I'm like, <laughs> he's in college. It happens fast, bro. It happens yeah. fast. Three, four years, the whole face has changed. What what kind of vibe did you get from the team being around them a little bit up there? Um, I wasn't. I didn't. I ain't gonna lie to you. I didn't go in the back. I you know I was okay. I was in I was in I was talking to Terry and those guys. Um, you know, Big Troy was there, so I was with those guys, and then I waited for Big Troy. Oh, <laughs> oh, Troy. <laughs> Then they came out after, and I, you know, I spoke with Western those guys before I left. You think uh, how important do you think it is for them to finish this run of the NIT 
you know, win on Wednesday night, head to Vegas, and, and kind of see what happens for the future. Especially, I think, especially I think it's year. big. I think it's big just to show you know uh, the fight that they have. You know, what I'm saying that they that they're trying to get this you know on the right track. I think you know people people aren't as grateful of the NIT as they should be. You know, what I'm saying like it's not a, it's not a we don't want that. Obviously, we want NCAA, but it shows some type of accomplishment. You know, what I'm saying everybody don't get picked to go to the NIT or some guys playing in the C, CBI. So um, I think winning that shows. I mean, shit. You know, the, the other guys around the corner they won it last year, and you see where they at now. So I, you, did that help them? Did that help the guys that returned? Yeah. So I look at it like that. Like, can, can it help us? Yeah, I think so. Say so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so nil. What are your uh, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, do you think you'd be able to to kind of capitalize if you were still a player on the uh, on the current roster? Yeah, I think I think I think we would. I, I mean, if I had my team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had my same team, I would. But I think I think it's it's good. I don't know. I personally don't know too much. Yeah, well, yeah. He he doesn't know too much about it, Chad. I think is what he was getting ready to say. I think he would like to have had the opportunity to make some money. Yeah, Kane no would have been a Kane would have been a marketable dude. Oh sure. yeah, oh yeah. By name for alone, sure. he would have yeah. he would have had some type of walking stick or <laughs> like, like cleaning. That. Yeah. <laughs> Are you back? Would've. Yeah. Back. All right. But yeah, you would have you would have owned the NIL era. Let's just be honest. But yeah, I would I would I would have probably been pretty good in it. But I just don't know how it goes though. Honestly, as far as like the way they get the the the, the deals, how you you know who could bring it to you, the, the, all that type of stuff. I feel like is I don't think anyone knows. Tricky. Yeah, it's a little tricky. I think you know. I don't know. I like it though. I just, I just wish it was a little earlier. For sure, for sure. Got a little bit of something. So I saw you had some stuff on the players' trunk for sale a, a while back after you left Cincinnati. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, what the players' trunk is. I'm assuming you, or you're familiar, where you sell your old gear, right? It, yeah, I, I never had nothing on there though. There, your name was certainly on it. I, I mean, unless I gave something to somebody and they selling it. I guess somebody was using your, your name, image, and likeness to sell your old gear on the player's trunk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I ain't never sell nobody. No, nah. You might want to check your, your storage container. Yeah, Make I'm sure all your, your stuff's still there. And see what Pop's been up to. <laughs> uh, they, got, they got, I know one, no, nah, because I pretty much know where all my jerseys are. No, I don't. I it, gave was like, it, it was like warm up, warm up shorts and warm up pants and backpacks and like that's where they like I know like Jaren's had stuff on there and then you your name came up and it was like I, I believe the sizes were all like small and medium so it made sense as you've been <laughs> skinniest dude on the team at all times so yeah uh, well he bulked I, up you, I, yeah, you bulked I up. yeah for sure I, you, I was you, definitely I, instead of skinniest though that's how you went from small to medium but yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> medium, yeah, Nah, yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I, I, never, I never used that. So I must. Somebody. I mean, somebody I was like I said. Somebody was selling your stuff. I don't know. Hopefully they got something. 
All right, man. We kept you here for 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 an hour. You promised us an hour, so uh, want to thank you for joining us. Thanks for uh, reliving some of the old days and, and giving us some thoughts on being around the team a little bit this weekend. Seeing them get the uh, the victory in in Long Island and advancing. Are, are you headed to uh, the middle of nowhere, Utah, Wednesday night for for round three? Yeah, I mean we're gonna get that one and then get to Vegas. But you, you'll you'll meet him in Vegas? Vegas, right? You gonna go I to mean, Vegas? I wish I could. Unfortunately, wife still. Oh, yeah, we yeah. are at we are at 80, 84 days in the hospital. Okay. So I think she would be, she would say it wasn't a big deal, but she probably wouldn't be real happy with me if I went to Vegas for, for four days. I don't, yeah, no, no, I can't. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay married, Kane. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> watch, watch, watch it, watch it, watch it from there. Would, would, would Kane Broom go to Vegas? Honestly, I, maybe, maybe. I, cause I, cause, cause if, if you, if, 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 I'm I'm debating on going to the Elite Eight game. If right, if you because then you just stay a couple days afterwards. Yeah, if UConn plays uh, UCLA, I'm going to go to the game. UConn UCLA, and you know how close Mick and Danny are. Yeah, and Darren, Darren and Danny, especially being high school teammates. Mm-hmm. I love Danny. Like I don't know how much no, you, yeah. you know him. I, I love do. Them, I, so so the kid that I have, they 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 are on him hard. So. He's up here all all the time, and those guys, and we down there bringing him, watching watching some games. So you know, I got to learn, got to know him over the last year. So I'm, you know, I, I like to see that they they have a success too. I on wish people, being from here. I wish more people knew him off the court. Yeah, no, he's a good dude. His whole like they 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 actually good dudes. So yeah. that's why I like it for him. His and, and just to see like and I and I'm not even judging them off of. You know, personal, all personal. Like, there's another guy on staff that's from um, an older, older guy, like Ryan. He played for him. He played. (laughs) He played. He played for him too. And it's like some type of like, it's like a father figure that you know the big Hurley is to all these guys that you can only you can tell he you know he he changed a lot of people's lives. So I got a lot of respect for him. Danny is. It's so funny. Like how much of a, like the nicest, softest spoken, genuine human he is, and then when until he, comes, he walks wait, on that yeah. court, yo, it's totally different. It's like two different people. He's <laughs> a crazy person. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love him. He's yeah, a, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a tough. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm you know I hate to say it, but I'm going with me once that game happened. But they both have tough ones. I mean, Mick yeah, Scott got Gonzaga. And Danny's got Arkansas. Like that's that's by far the toughest, the toughest, the toughest pod two games, left. I think in the, in, yeah, I think those are the toughest two games in, in those in those three sixteen. And it's and, gonna be fun. And the other side, but that's a good yeah, game. I, I think those are the best two games remaining. Yeah. Oh. And then sure. I think with, if they get past those two games, I think that's the best game until the championship. Man, that would be that would be tempting to go out there and. And catch them on Saturday and stay till Monday. Uh, that would no. be tempting. <laughs> you know, I would get in way sense. too much trouble. I wish. I wish Vegas would but make I, sense. It'd, it'd be it a great little meeting spot. Dang. Kane's deep in thought on that because you no, know you can get a ticket. 
Yeah, no. You know you can get a ticket. A ticket, yeah. That's that's what that last thing you think about. It's just like all you gotta do is hit up Nate. You know Nate'll get you on the list. Yeah. Nate what? Nate runs that whole thing now, Kane. He does. I was out I was out there uh this summer for vacation. Mm-hmm. And we stopped by, and Nate was in control of everything. Nate had all the keys. Nate knew where everything was. Nate knew how to get you into buildings, out of buildings. Like, like Nate Nate was running the show at UCLA. That's not a surprise. Not a surprise. Nah, he was. He was. He he was on, like he was good. Why right? when he was with us, he was good. And he was like twenty one. He was like yeah. He was like if that. I don't even think he was twenty one. Then he was like 20, 19. And then he, you guys then, probably tried to get him to go out, and he's like, I can't go out. Nah, he, 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 nah, he, he went out, he went out a little bit. He wasn't going out like us, but he went out a little bit. I know, I'm just kidding. No, nah, Nate was cool, and Nate was cool. I think, uh, you, 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 you know, who you know, you know, who you should get on here, give, give my man some love. Who? You gotta get Jackson on here. You remember Jackson? Oh, Bart, yeah. yeah, Bart and I are tight. I haven't heard from him in a little bit. He, he in Cincinnati. Is he back? Yeah. I know he was bouncing around coaching a couple different places. Yeah, he was at like, he's at Sierra Cannon this year. And then um so he's trying to figure out if he if he's gonna is he gonna coach back out that way. So I think he's been kind of sticking around to see what will open up. I'd love tell Bart to hit me up if you talk to him. No, I will. I I will call him after this. I, I haven't heard from him in a little bit. Like I used to hear from him all the time and then just yeah, kind of faded. He went you know he how that shit goes. Yeah, what Plus, he was out there with with Rayvon, so he could he could tell us a little bit about, about Ray this season. What was uh, have you have you talked to him what 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 it was like with Sierra Canyon this year? Nah, I didn't. I, I ain't asked about that. I ain't want to. You know, that's we'll we'll get him on, Brent. We'll get yeah. him on. But Bart's my guy. I love. Jackson. I don't know. I don't know how you know for him. I, I don't. I you. Yeah, I don't. I always think about people's situations. Like I don't know right. how to end it. I don't know how. So yeah, just, true. If he back if he back, then he was. You know, very yeah, it. not right. Very thoughtful. Season's over. Like out there, like you know. And I think that's like a real situation where they like they got like uh, six dudes on staff. I think. Yeah, they do. You get what I'm saying? Like I don't really. It's like a a college staff. Yeah. So, I think you just. I think it was more of a um, probably like a showcase situation for him to yeah to get seen. You know, be around some talent. No, we, we we've got somebody next week. For, for the show, but we'll get Bart here in a couple weeks for sure. Just tell him. Okay. To, he's got my number. Just tell him to hit me up. No. All right. Appreciate you, brother. It's been I great catching up. Appreciate Nothing but love. You know, I love seeing you around. I can't wait to get you back. You'll be back, I'm sure, this summer. And we'll yeah, you'll be back first week in July. All right. I'll see you then. Thanks, Kane. Right, Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Kane. Right. Best of luck, Kane. Peace out. See you, Kane. <clears throat> there you go. The man, Kane Broom. Fan favorite. Everybody loved Kane. Like, he oh. just had such a... A positive energy personality. You could tell he had fun playing the game. Smiled a lot. Uh, he smiled a lot. Like he like you appreciate guys like that. Guys that can can work hard and 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 do that, but still like bring the joy to it. I, I love Kane. One of my favorites. One of my favorites all time for sure. So thanks yeah. to him for jumping on, and uh, we'll we'll get back with him. We'll chop it up in the summer. I'm sure we'll have another player panel when those guys come back in for. Uh, for the TBT. Gosh, Kane battling through adversity with that with with his his internet situation too. Gotta love that man. Hey, he didn't quit. It's a real no one. Quit in that guy. He did not quit. Did not quit. A lot, a lot of guys would have just 
clicked out and never came back. Been like, right. sorry, y'all, my bad. Shoot you a text, be like, hey man, next time we'll get it. Yeah. But I think I, I think Aaron's motioning for a quick paper supply. Time 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 stamp there, Chad. Get it out, Brent. Get it out, Brent. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There you go. go. Kane Broom. Kane Broom. Yeah, I I tell you what. So I was broadcasting uh high school sports in Indiana during his you know senior year for the most part. So I would have broadcasts and then not watch the game, turn my phone off, do that whole thing, and then wait until the game would end and then rewatch it on you know ESPN three or whatnot. And that that Tulsa game when he went off. I started yeah. watching it in my car on my phone on the way home, and I ended up I'm sitting safe. in – Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a really good driver. Uh, so, And then it was, I was so gravitated towards it that I watched the entire game just sitting in my driveway before I went in because Kane had that crazy ending, went into overtime, he knocked down a three. Some of the, uh, some of the better memories, of course, of, of him just – going off and he I, I mean he's a bearcat like you guys said just you know did did everything it took to win always had a smile on his face it didn't seem like anyone ever hated him it seemed like everyone always loved him so uh, awesome to have Kane Broom on the show there's no doubt all right let's keep it moving well I guess we'll touch on the game uh the Saturday obviously it was a big dub against Hofstra I don't know what your guys' feelings were coming into the game against the uh, Pride, but I, it kind of had that feel right from the get-go that it was going to be controlled by Cincinnati the entire time. I just feels like this team's peaking at the right moment. Um, you know, that numerous big-time performances, David Julius, obviously, Landers, obviously. Um, what what kind of stuck out from this game mostly for you guys, a couple days removed. Uh, Aaron, we'll we'll pass it over to you. The more that I kind of have had time to chew on this game, like the bigs, man. I mean, when yeah. you have when you have Vic and Odie locking in for thirty points for nineteen rebounds, mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I I mean, they did everything that you needed them to do to continue to control that game without them dominating the glasses they did you're you're not able to control the game and the tempo in the way that you were able to uh, it also allowed them to do the things like points in the in, points in the paint um they ended up with where is it um 40 40 to 28 i mean that's, that's why you you only shoot five threes this team only shot five threes in the second half i mean it was it was a pretty game by the Bearcats. It was a, a, a lot to a little. Chad, a, a few days removed, thoughts on this? I, obviously, so uh, when you break down a little bit more thinking about what this team is, Hofstra that is, this is a team that won the regular season title 
over College of Charleston, which was a, a darling and then in the NCAA tournament that a lot of people picked as an upset favorite. Um, they, they did fall in the opening round, but still, you know, fell to uh, to San Diego State. So relatively a, a 12 seed, maybe a 13 seed, if Hofstra would have made the tournament, winning the uh, the, con- the conference tournament championship game. But then they beat said, Rutgers, a team that many right. thought would have been in the field. Yep, beat Rutgers, had numerous wins against other uh, NCAA tournament teams, and on th- – on the road, at their house, Cincinnati just completely controlled the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the understanding of what you had to do is easy. You had to make Estrada and Thomas really, really work. Right. To get their, they're going to get their points. Yeah. But you can't let them do it efficiently. Mm-hmm. You had to make them work for it. That's exactly what Cincinnati did. They were what, twelve for for. 38 or something crazy hiccups yeah. <laughs> um but they they executed the game plan yeah and that's how you win games on the road mm-hmm. give me a second okay that is how you win games on the road i i mean it's executing a game plan defense coming out there and, and doing what you need to do like like chad was starting to say i think he's in order to get rid of those hiccups he's gonna have to teach us all his secret that he does but uh, i mean aaron estrada seven of 24 tyler thomas five of 14 those are just abysmal shooting numbers and those are two players that chad was mentioning really lit it up for all for the entire season i think the key in in situations like that and it's going to be critical again wednesday because they have another kind of three-headed monster at guard um, that can really hurt you at Utah Valley, you can't let them get comfortable early. Right. Like You have to kind of get in their head early that this is going to be work, mm-hmm. that this is going to be tough, that I'm not going to be able to just get to my spot, rise up, and, and shoot. And yeah. that's what they did with both of those guys. Like, it was the opposite of Virginia Tech because, honestly – if Virginia Tech would have made a reasonable percentage of their open shots, that would have been a much different game. Virginia Tech had open shots. I didn't think Cincinnati was was all that like sometimes teams can shoot poorly and you didn't have a lot to do with it. Yeah. I didn't think Cincinnati had a lot to do with Virginia Tech shooting poorly. I thought they had a lot to do and especially in the second half kind of making them uncomfortable. It started with Estrada because Thomas Thomas get, did get some clean looks early uh, and and had three, two or three threes at halftime. Mm-hmm. But then he never found that rhythm again in the second half. And I think a lot of that was because they had frustrated Estrada to the point. Sometimes guys like that, when you get in their head a little bit, they're forcing it. And he forced it um, to the point that he probably should have got Estrada and 55. I can't, the, the dude with the long, weird name. Um, he probably should have got them more shots. Right. But he was trying to get himself going. He was trying to get cooking, and the the fire never lit. Like, they, he was out of propane. Yep. The, the fire never lit. Dubar. Yeah, Dubar. That's what it was. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, just assignment defense – Ryan, you know, you go on the road, the most important thing is playing to the scouting report because that's 
that's what you have. If the other team, if, and, and I would say like the ECU that one year comes to mind where you guys played to the scouting report, Holden Aylers just lost his damn mind. But if you stick to it and you do what you're supposed to do and you play scouting report defense and you execute what the coaching staff has drawn up, more often than not, you're going to win the game. Yeah, I agree. Good, good take. But always, you know, in-game adjustments are always so big too. Um, sure. I mean, they made great adjustments yeah. at halftime yeah. because that – it was close. And then you looked up yeah, and Cincinnati kept doing over. this and Hofstra uh, yeah. could never – they That's could never what, squeeze the accordion. Yeah, it's a good uh, good combination between knowing your scouting report and then adjusting on the fly and, you know, kind of choking them out. And I, I'm i going to kind of go with Aaron there when he said the play the bigs and the rebounding, I thought it was just it's exactly what you need. You need your, like, B-level production guys. They stepped up big. And that's huge on the road. You need that. You need your consistent guys and you need your, your kind of, like, second tier scores and second tier productions to kind of step in there. And they, and they did that with Odie and Vic. So I thought can it was we a good about, performance. Can we talk about another great adjustment the staff has made as the season has gone on? They're not living and dying by the three anymore. They're not shooting 15, 20 threes a half anymore. Right. I mean, if they're hitting them and they're open, they'll let them fly. Like if it's, if it's a weakness of the other team, but they're not like that's not the only thing that they're relying on anymore. Uh, they are now doing a better job understanding what the other team is good at and mm-hmm. exploiting it. This time it was they had a a significant size advantage on Hofstra. Right. So be it get the ball to Vic and Odie, or be it get the ball into that that mid post uh, floaters, mid range jump shots, things of that nature. Uh, I think that they only had five threes at halftime, like three of nine. So if they were shooting that at half in the yeah. past game, they're they're chucking another fifteen in the second half. Yeah, but only five in the second half, like you were saying. That's what. Yeah, yeah. There was I knew there was a half that they didn't they didn't take a whole lot. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just a matter of this team continues, and as a fan. That has to make you more comfortable than anything. One, player development. And two, game plan and, and an understanding of, okay, today the three ball might not be what is best for us. Right. And they're like, make no mistake, they're still a jump shooting team. And they have that in their back pocket when they need it. But it's, it, what you know, dance all the dances. And this dance that they had Sunday required Saturday required a different uh, dance card. And, and they looked really good doing it. Dipping into your, your old, uh, the Mick Cronin, your old friend there. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's it's so true. It's true. It's so true. true. Yeah. Ryan, again, Ryan knows sometimes you got to win with defense. Sometimes you got to throw the ball 35 times to win. Sometimes you got to run the ball 40 times to win. Like through a long season, you're going to face a bunch of teams that the strengths and weaknesses are vastly different. And if if you're incapable of exploiting a mismatch, you increase your odds to lose because you're playing into what that team does well. Yeah, great teams find ways to step up and in, in, uh, in different ways each week. You know, they're consistently good, but 
sometimes when one part of the game's lacking, that other part has to step up, and the great teams always find a way to do that. Like, I mean, we got bailed out um, multiple times in multiple different ways throughout my career, just finding ways to win games in dirty, grimy ways. So that's, you know, kind of you're saying that adaptability and not living and dying by one phase of the game just shows how this team is just constantly improving. Like you said, Brent, how they're hitting the stride right at the end. You know, you wish they would have hit the stride maybe two weeks earlier, maybe got in on a bubble, and then they were kind of – pulling off some some crazy shit you've been seeing some from other teams um uh the past couple days here in uh the march madness but you know it just gives you good confidence for the team going into the off season yeah well and also you're seeing like you know aaron mentioning the bigs and and running you uh you adding on to it it's is the fact that vic is starting to slowly get back to his his previous form before the injury which is exactly what what you want to see especially just even if it means just added momentum heading into the off season, whether it be after championship or not, it, it was good to see him start to get back into that flow and that comfortability in the post. But I mean, you're seeing Landers Nolly get it in his mind that he's the best player on the floor and then being aggressive and making sure that everyone on the court knows that he's the best player on the floor. So well, I got, yeah. there's only been one sure thing in Cincinnati athletics over the past like since Kenyon Martin graduated with Kenyon, especially his senior year, get the ball to Kenyon. You're going to win the game. There's only been one thing like that in Cincinnati athletics in 20 years. And that's the guy that sauce was guarding was not getting the football. Everything else you're still dealing with college kids and good days and bad days Mm -hmm. and ups and downs. And you know, this day Des struggled to throw the ball and this day, you know, Dave goes to the conference tournament and, and doesn't play well. Like the only constant that we've had in 20 years is the guy lined up from sauce was not a factor. Nope. And Throw every some other team, dick receiver out there, Chad. Most teams did. That was the <laughs> awesome part about it. By the time you got to the end of that season, the other team was like, look, we're putting our three out. Like we're putting our five out there. Yep. Just because we got we got we got to have a guy over there to occupy sauce, and other than that, like you know, we don't want anything to do with looking over at number twelve or number one or or whichever whichever way you want to put it. And we talked about with Ryan a million times, like mm-hmm. that changed everything. Well, guess what? This Bearcat team doesn't have a sauce gardener. They don't have a top five pick in the draft. So there's going to be peaks and valleys and ebbs and flows. And that's why you have to be able to dance all the dances. Because, look, if they wanted to get in a three-point shooting or a guard competition with Hofstra, that game would have came down to the wire and Hofstra would have had home court advantage mm-hmm. and it would have been a toss-up to the final horn. Right. But instead, this team said, here's where we're better than them. Let's bully them. Mm-hmm. They bullied them on the glass. They bullied them in the paint what, 42-27 on the glass. And if you look at the discrepancies, Aaron and I, you're muted here. Aaron and I talked about this on the nightcap, the day drink on on Saturday. (laughs) If you look at the discrepancies on Hofstra's end of the floor, Cincinnati destroyed them on the defensive, Cincinnati's defensive glass. And on the other end, I think Hofstra had 16 defensive rebounds to 11. That's my favorite stat. My favorite stat was the game. Cincinnati. It yeah. was almost 50-50. Like, 
two more offensive rebounds, it would have been 13-13. And you just never see a team get 50%, you know, of their been, of their misses. It would have been 13-14, but yeah. I, I see what you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Uh, well, that also lies in the fact that it, it, it's a mentality. And I think that when playing a team like Hofstra, a team that, you know, has the ability to kind of, I don't, I don't want to say shock you by coming out and being like, you know, the first 10 minutes being like, oh shit, these guys are, these guys are hoopers. Uh, Wes mentioned that, mentioned that he, you know, coming from UNCG, he knows how hard it is to make it even to the NIT, which how good these teams have to be to make it to the NIT, which is why I think he had the team so laser focused for this game at Hofstra, where you could just kind of roll out of bed and think, you know, hey, I mean, we're, we're heading to the Big 12. We're playing this team. You know, that- it's crazy to me that Hofstra and Utah Valley weren't rated ranked teams in this tournament. Like, how were those two teams not top four seeds? Well, in, Because as in, you mentioned, Hofstra would have been a 12-13 seed in the NCAA tournament. And if you look at Utah Valley's resume. They would have been, like, been a 12-13 as well. They had scalps, like real scalps. They've got monsters. They, they played six nine seven foot in the post. With, with three six four guards with a, with a legit shot blocker oh that guy's top 25 block percentage in the country he's only a sophomore aziz ben diago uh, i think uh i mean averages a double double averages around three blocks per game it's he's i mean it's a real it's a real problem for them to go into colorado and, and win at colorado it's like uh, sure i don't know if there were any fans there or whatnot didn't really watch a lick of it but I, I, I imagine that Colorado was, team was soft as shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I was, I was begging and pleading for Colorado to win yeah. that game, but they were you know, talented. Like they yeah. had some dudes, right. But they were charming soft. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing about this Utah Valley team is that it's, it's not a bunch of transfers from, from bigger schools. It's, it's guys, it's, it's program guys, guys that have been there. I, I think their leading score or their pardon me, their third leading score, they have three guys who average 13 points between 13.7 and 13.9. Boom, boom, boom. One right after the other. So their third leading score, who is 0.2 points out of the lead for the leading score, that, that's the only guy that transferred in. He's, you know, it's a transfer from U he was at UNLV for his first year and then spent four years at Utah Valley. So it's their their program guys, you know, JUCO transfers, guys that come in and they learn under under coach Mark Matson and they they figure out how to how to play gritty and and I, it's going to be a tough game. I, I mean they are defensively sound. It's going to be physical. It's going to be at uh <laughs> do you guys have any idea where Utah Valley is? I've never even heard Utah. I've never even heard of this city, Orem. Orem, yeah, Orem. it's about it's about 20 miles outside of Provo. Orem, Utah. I, I mean, it looks like it's a beautiful place, but um, yeah, right. Yep, like Chad said, outside of U- Provo, right there on Utah Lake. Beautiful, but um, it's gonna be a tough game, and it's it's one where Ken Palm yet again has the Bearcats as as two point dogs in this one. So you're gonna have to have to strap up and and go out there and try and I guess pull off another upset, if you will. I think Vegas came out with the pick'em uh, for the game, so here we are. Well, Hofstra, they were favored, right, by one and a half. 
Hoff, yeah, but on on Ken Palm, they're one point dogs on uh, against Hofstra. So, eh. where's Orem? In between Salt Lake, right, yeah. Right here, here's Provo. Here's Orem. Here's Salt Lake City. For those listening on the podcast, this does nothing for them. But for those watching along with us on YouTube, I pulled up a map. It's just north of Provo on Utah Lake, if you're familiar yeah. with uh, with beautiful Utah. And uh, the, the thing about the WAC, the conference that they were in, is the fact that, you know, not only, obviously, Grand Canyon went on a big run, and, and I believe they're like the five seed in their uh, conference tournament to win it. And then the the number one seed, who is Utah Valley, and the number two seed in that tournament was Sam Houston. And both of those teams are playing at the NIT just speaks to kind of how good of a conference that was throughout the year. So, uh, I mean, it'll be another one of those where Wes will have the team ready because he he knows how much they're going to want to get up for this game as well. I mean, they beat Oregon at Oregon earlier in the year. Uh, some, some, Some good wins on the resume and then of course coming off a 12 point win against Colorado at Colorado. And also they took down Richard Patino and uh, New Mexico in round one. So shouldn't be another uh, easy one. It'll be another toughie. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Wes says these boys cooking. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure getting a little long in the tooth, uh, getting this far into the season, guys are beat up. You know, Vic's playing beat up. You know, everybody's everybody's fighting through it. Um, Ryan can attest, even as a special teamer and and whatever. By the time you get to the postseason and and you continue grinding, you're, everybody's body is uh, a little beat up for sure. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. I mean, no matter how many minutes you're playing a game, I mean, just the wear and tear of the season mentally, that's such a big play too. Some people just look over when just having to lock in day in and day out. It just takes a toll on your body. It shoots. It makes makes your central nervous system just feel shot. So you might not even be running around or doing a bunch of physical activity, but you're just going to be tired, and that's just the way it goes. But just seeing the the boys click at this kind of like at this kind of rate this deep into the season just shows that they really do have a good squad and they they got a really good coaching staff. It's just you know that consistency thing, but it's good to see it finally starting to click. I agree. Uh, Phyllis asked in the chat, "Will the altitude be a problem? Like something with BYU will have to deal with? Are the Bearcats already headed there?" Um, I will say I just looked up on Wikipedia. Uh, the average elevation in Orem is four thousand seven hundred and fifty-six feet, so almost a mile high. Just about five thousand is a mile, right? Five thousand feet. Fifty-two hundred eighty. Yeah, fifty-two eighty. That's yeah. Correct. And you're gonna walk every last step of them. We are the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where so we'll be we headed there. Uh, I would guess tomorrow. Like, I, I don't know how you could have arranged travel from yesterday, you know, because you didn't know where if you were going to Boulder. Colorado or if you were going to Utah. Like, I, you know, I would guess that all got worked out today. Uh, my guess would be probably tomorrow, as early as they can get out of town, they'll get out of town. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so 9 p.m. tip off on Whoa. Wednesday. The the last tip off of the Elite Eight in the NIT. Uh, like Kane said, man, you know, you don't want to be in the NIT, but you know, if you're in it, you gotta respect it and you gotta go out and win it. So um the last team in the Elite Eight, chance to go to the final four in Las Vegas. Aaron will be there. Uh, uh Kathy says, Hey Royer in Hicks Combine interview, he said you were the funniest guy on the team. Thoughts? He ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think he's here, Kathy? Why do you think he's here? <laughs> we went and got the funniest funny. guy on the team. Well, thank you, Hicks. I appreciate it. You were always a good sport. You're always giving good content ideas um, for me, whether that be to torture your fellow DBs or just anyone in the locker room. So I appreciate the shout out. One of these days, you're going to start pulling some former players as guests on this show. Yeah, I know. You just let me know when, when you want to guess. Always, gonna... except next week. We've got a, we've got a guy for next week. Mm, all right. He might be Italian. <laughs> Brian, just just text me. We'll... Say again. Brian, you... Just text me. We'll set it all up, Brian. Okay, cool. Just text me Catching when you want to have somebody on. We'll, we'll set it all up. I I, I got you. Brian, you picking up what I'm throwing down? You might be Italian. Oh, oh Nico Pelizzi. Oh, he might, yeah. he might be. He might be beginning the continuing to carry on the tradition. Of the uh, first floor employee being like a it. regular here on this very show. I like it. It happens next Monday night. I love it. So, Royer, you're going to have to go down there and get a get a lift in, build some camaraderie. So when he comes on, you've you got some juice with him. Oh, I'd love to. I've been training. I, I'm not as strong as I used to be, but I still got some shit to me now. There you go. I actually talked to him for a little bit, and we're talking about Nico Palazzetti, the the, mm -hmm. the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, the plan is for him to join us next Monday night. I did get to talk to him for a little while at the first spring practice, and uh, I let him know that his uh, long term, I let him know of his contractual uh, responsibilities to be a member, long term member of this show, and he he fully agreed. Yeah, Royer, you got old man strength now. Hey, don't don't put me there yet, man. Don't hurt me that bad. <laughs> that comes with the kid. Like once you have a kid, then you have old man strength. We don't have to go there. Dad strength is what it's called. Yeah, we'll, we'll dad let, strength. We'll let we'll let dad dad wait a couple more years. Ah, Brian, did you go out for St. Patty's? Did I go out for St. Patty's? No, did Ryan? Oh, did Ryan? Okay. I know you went out for yes. St. Patty's, Brent. I uh, I was seeing my my room, my college roommate. He moved out to Chicago, and so I was there the past weekend. Right. Was a good See, time. then you're not you're not you're not old yet. If you're still going out you, with the good. Green River or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the river was green. There we go. It was a fun time. It's a fun city. I, I really like Chicago. It is a fun city, no doubt. No doubt. Um, the river almost is, uh, resembled the old Ohio. It had a little green tint. It started to turn a little more brown, though, because it's been a week since yeah. they uh, dyed it. it. But 
just reminded me of home. You know, I live right, right on that good old river down there. So beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Go swimming in it every once in a while. Yeah, maybe it's like a it's eye. like a Saturday in Orin, Utah. Eh. <laughs> there you go. Eh, I don't know. Eh, probably, probably not, not that. Probably not that. <laughs> Friday was like six days in one for me. It was a very, very, very long day, but fun. Very fun. Yes. Case Bayes said, uh, Flora Badunga is Italian. Um, no, no, but it's not. but cheer him on. I bet he speaks weekend. French. <clears throat> I imagine pro probably. Most of um, those guys from that region in Africa also speak French. French. Uh, bonjour. Uh, but, not Italian, but French. But cheer them on this weekend. They play Ben Davis undefeated. They are nationally ranked Ben Davises. Uh, they beat Kokomo by about seven, I think, earlier in the year. But, um, yeah, Flory is is in the state championship taking on a, a nationally ranked Ben Davis team. So, cheer them on. We're all, uh, all going to be Kokomo Wildcats this weekend. Uh, hope they pull out a state championship victory. It'd be another another notch on the, uh, you know, Flory Badunga long list of accolades that he's had so far through high school. Um, but anything else on, on basketball for you guys? Utah Valley, 9 p.m. Wednesday, big game. I'm sure Aaron will have uh, – you'll have your article, Brent, coming up here tomorrow, correct? Or, are you gonna, or will it be Wednesday? Uh, well, they play Wednesday. So yeah. it'll be probably tomorrow night afternoon. I mean, tomorrow night, Wednesday morning, even a nine o'clock oh, yeah, 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 game. Like, that, yeah. like, it's not like you you've got to rush day. it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, sometime tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday morning, Aaron and I would appreciate if you do it tomorrow night because it becomes a great resource for Aaron and I when we do the nightcap. Right. Plenty of shots <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. on the Brent article. I, I don't know diddly, diddly poo about these teams until I dive in a little bit on them. So, I know. I'm just saying. We, I mean, we are able to are, promote your article in the nightcap. These guys are tall. They've got they've got good size and they've got good skill. This is not going to be like you're playing in the quarterfinals of a major tournament. It's it's going to be a good team. It's not a great team. We just like Cincinnati's not a great team. Are we calling this a major tournament or a mid-major tournament? No, it's a I mean it's a major tournament. It is. It's not the NCAA tournament. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, blocking out, like, plans. Like, if Cincinnati was to go to the Final Four, the Final Four, I would be there. I, like, no matter what, like, we would find a way to have coverage. Mm -hmm. The NIT, probably going to watch that from home. Like, I think that's a, if, if Cincinnati was playing in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, there's a good chance I would figure out a way for Bearcat Journal to be there. As it stands, we're gonna watch it all from home and and content from home. So that's the uh, it's one of the major differences. Although Vegas is pretty enticing, it's very enticing. And if Kelly was good, I would be going to Vegas more for going to Vegas than going to Vegas to cover the NIT. <laughs> 
I, I'd be going to Vegas to play roulette and not going to Vegas to cover the JV tournament. But it is what it is. Uh, do we want to get to this Eric question here before we timestamp? Uh, how is it that Mick couldn't get out of the second weekend of the tournament here in Cincinnati and he's done it the last three years at UCLA? Uh, a couple things. One, he's got a more talented roster at UCLA than he's had here at Cincinnati. I, I don't think that's... Um, I mean, I think there's there's probably the 2012 team that went to the Sweet 16 was really, really talented. And then, obviously, the team that we don't talk about how it ended was was right up there, uh, talent level. Brent didn't want to hear this conversation. No, he, he left all the way out. He's not even <laughs> in the lobby. He is, he is gone. He froze, actually, for 10 seconds, though. <laughs> but uh, one... <clears throat> was was talent. Two is absolutely luck of the draw. If you go back and look at how unfortunate, like the the draw is the draw. Mick continued almost every year to draw elite offensive teams or teams in the top fifteen to twenty of Ken Palm in offense, and that was always the bugaboo. For mixed defense, if you play an offense equally as talented as your defense, they're going to score. And they didn't ever hit a run where they played a couple teams that were just like 60 or 50 offensively and allow them to play to their strengths. Their strengths were always exploited because of the draw in the NCAA tournament. And that's how the draw works. You don't. You don't get any say over that. Like, it, it is what it is. You continue to draw teams that, that were really good on offense. It played against your strength. It negated your strength. And mixed offenses were never elite. His defenses were. Um, that's, that's why the NCAA tournament is what it is. Is, you know... The draw you get to like if if FDU draws anybody but Purdue, they probably get beat by twenty five, and we never hear from them again. But they got the draw, and they played the game uh, as perfect as they could play it. They probably only beat Purdue one out of ten times, but Purdue was the one one seed that they could beat once, and they did. Uh, so you know, that's that's how this whole dance goes sometimes. Um, football. I don't really, I don't know what Brent had on football. Let's hit a timestamp real, real quick. Quick paper supply. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. They've been open since 2009. They're one of the largest minority owned companies in the city. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick 513 513- 470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Um, I guess without him here, I don't know what he had planned. Let's let's pop the top on the mailbag. Let's. And if he wants to get to basketball or football, uh, spring practice starts back up Wednesday. Um, it what is a closed shit on week. 
Thursday because Weather-wise, of it's gonna... yeah. Some of it looks like it's going to be in the morning, so the afternoon should be okay. Friday looks gross when you're down here, so I thank you for uh, handling that. All right, he's back. Should we? You're right. Yeah, I think uh, my my laptop heard another article. No, don't don't abuse me like that. Like, so I was like, um, calm down. I'm back. Do you have any football stuff you want to get to, or we'll save that for next week after we get some spring practices back under our belt? Yeah, I think I I think that'd probably be smartest. I don't I I, I don't recall much going on over the spring break, um, other than you know. The, the basketball team still playing while other teams are on spring break. Beal, I, I love that quote by Wes. Do we, uh, there, there are two names that popped up today that I think people need to pay attention to uh, basketball wise. Um, the first one being rink mast. He is a six foot nine, 240 pound big man. He played, he's from the Netherlands. He played at Bradley this year. Had, what, 17 against Arkansas, 14 against Wisconsin. Um, I watched the Wisconsin game. I, I got a tip that that might be portal name to keep an eye on. I watched the Wisconsin game and then have gone back uh, as available and watched a little bit of tape on, on Rink Mast. I like him. I, I like the size. I like the footwork. I like the skill. He's not a great vertical athlete. But he moves really well laterally for somebody his size, meaning he can defend. He can defend the pick and roll. He's not going to be a liability out in space because he can move his feet. He can really pass. Um, if you go back and watch the Wisconsin game, he had a couple plays in that Wisconsin game where he caught it on the wing, ripped through, takes a couple power dribbles, gets his back to the basket, and then does work as like, a perimeter forward turning into a post player. And when you can do that on your own and you eliminate the, the post pass, like it's, it's important for a big man to have that type of skill. And honestly, when you look at, I know everybody wants, all anybody wants to do is look at the big 12. When you look at the big 12, I wouldn't mind having a little bit of your own thing that's not what everybody else in the league is doing, you would be super skilled with Vic and Mast at the four and five, or as your rotation at the five with Odie at the four, uh, or if you bring somebody else in, you would have a really solid four-man rotation right there at the four and the five with guys that, that can put points on the board, play offense, are really skilled, and would be going up against a lot of the bigs in the Big 12 are super athletic, but they're not bucket getters. So you would be giving yourself a an offensive advantage where, you know, maybe your, your two bigs combined can score 25, and the guy you're going against gets you, gets the other team 10 or 12. Um, so I think he is definitely a name to at least monitor and keep an eye on. And then another one that's interesting is Garway Duwall, a name that we've talked about here. I mentioned him as far back as last spring 
Uh, he played AAU basketball with Xavier Booker. His AAU coach is Mike Saunders Sr. Drew Adams is very familiar uh, with Garry Duall. He's a combo guard. He's long. I think he has the potential to be an elite, elite defender of ones and twos and potentially threes as he continues to grow into his frame. He's really good with the ball. He can get to the rim, but give you another explosive downhill option. What you would worry about, not a great shooter yet. So you would have Jizzle, Davion, Day-Day, and Garwi that are all downhill guys. You need to get more downhill guys, but you can't lose your spacing. You still have to be able to space the floor and make people respect that you can shoot the three or everybody's just going to pack it in and prevent you from driving. Um, so he's interesting, uh, at least as we know. Uh, I've confirmed Cincinnati made contact today. Um, they, they have a close eye on him. He was someone they had a close eye on as he was blowing up in the spring and summer, but he committed to Providence pretty quick. So we'll see if Georgetown now that Ed Cooley moves to Georgetown, we'll see if they stay a factor, but uh, I would definitely keep an eye on those two. And then the, the Taylor kid from Butler uh, is another kid that I know Cincinnati has uh, poked around on pretty hard when you're talking about their name is starting to pop up mm -hmm. with a lot of these portal recruits. Some of it is just, hey, just in case, here's our hat in the ring. Some of it, there are, you know, a little bit more connections. Uh, and when, when we know that, we'll make sure we point it out for everybody. I'm yeah, surprised not to see Cincinnati mentioned with Damian Dunn earlier today. I'm not, ultimately. I don't think he has, like, the length. Like, it, I, physically, his stature is a lot more similar to, like, a Jizzle and uh, a Davion Thomas. Now he's proven it at the high major level, but you're taking a risk of messing up the long-term future of the program when you bring in another guy that's like those two. Like at least with Garry, Garry is 6'4". He's super long and athletic. Like he can help you in a multitude of ways that's not just with the ball in his hands. Um, so I'm not shocked that we didn't see their name pop up on Don initially. Yeah, I, I mean, with Mask, though, I you go back to his three-point shooting ability. You know, I, as a freshman, he was knocking down about 36% on 92 attempts on the year. His attempts were down a little bit this year, but still, I mean, he's knocking it down at a 35% clip. That's That's something that is a luxury, and it'll be something that, a lot of teams in the country will want to add, even if he is a below the ring. Oh, he's going to have a ton of interest, a ton right. of high major interest. Right. I know Florida is already heavily involved. I've heard like Nebraska, uh, some of those schools out uh, in the big, you know, Big Twelve region, mm -hmm. Oklahoma State. Some schools have, have kicked around the tires uh, as he's he's hitting the portal. So, but there is obviously Drew Adams was the associate head coach at Bradley. He knows Mast really well that's going to at least give Cincinnati a leg up. And like we're seeing with West, the same thing we saw with Vic. They are much more comfortable recruiting portal guys that they have history with, that there's a connection. They know what the kid's about. 
they're not just throwing their line in the water. Like some schools, every high major, potential high major guy. Arkansas. You will see Arkansas. You'll see Xavier is, is one of those. Like, you know, uh, there's there's several that yeah. you're just going to see that name with every high major guy uh, because they call every one of them. Doesn't mean they're interested or like, you know, but they they call and get a feel on everybody. Cincinnati's a little bit more selective, uh, at least so far from what we've seen. Yeah, I mean, the number of names going to the portal is, is, is insane. And the talent level of the names in the portal is only going to pick up as, as more and more teams do get out of the tournaments and have those serious talks when, you know, it comes to the end of the year. So this is uh, portal season, baby. It's, it's never going to be more wild, wild west than this year. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I have the notifications on. And oh, why would you do that? I have like verbal commits, and it's like every why single. Why would you do that? I, I mean, because I'm a freak, but um, I like every single time I look down, it's like a poop, poop, poop. Yeah, it's, you know, you can just go to their Twitter site and just scroll when you're I when it's know. of your convenience. I know, but it's it's more exciting if I see a name that I recognize. And I'm like, oh, interesting. But uh, you're yeah. a mess. <laughs> All right, Aaron, let's mailbag it. All right, mailbag's a little light, and I don't mind that at all. Where's Skins? Is Skins okay? I don't know. He didn't hit the uh, he didn't hit the banks, so I'm worried. Nothing, I'm worried about him. Nothing from the banks today, so um, um, there are, there have been some new ones in basketball, just to keep an eye on. That's or just uh, ones that have happened during the show. I, Yes, I've been refreshing. That's a lot of okay. times when you see me freeze up. That's what that's been. Uh, did Wisconsin, starting in the football portion of the mailbag, did Wisconsin figure out the best way to get Luke was to recruit Amy Fickle? Clearly people still up in their feels about Luke Fickle leaving. Uh, I mean, it was an important part of it. An important part that I do think some schools that came after Luke maybe did not uh, understand the value and importance of. And Wisconsin clearly did. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say that was – I don't know about the best way, but it was it was a way to uh, break down the wall that was if you don't recruit Amy Fickle, then she's probably not going to give the thumbs up for Luke to go to your school. I think that's, that's a fair way to put it. Ryan? From what I've heard, that seems pretty fair. <laughs> um, I think her, I think her level of involvement. I don't think it was really as like out in the open as it was like post Wisconsin. Like I don't think as many people knew how big of a role she plays in these kind of things until this all went down. I mean, everybody talked about her. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know she how was you like didn't super realize. Mom, yeah, but we didn't know she was like she oh, was I did. super agent. <laughs> I did. I tried. Yeah, people, you, just, that's your job. You're you're good at your job, Chad. We you we know? tried to let people know, like we weren't we weren't joking about Amy running the show <clears throat> when we talked about Amy running the show. Amy ran the show. <laughs> Luke acted like he did. <laughs> So Wisconsin understood the assignment. Again, I have to give him shit for it. 
I know. Yeah. Wisconsin did understand the assignment. To be fair, I think it'd be smart any team to also get the family involved and recruit the significant other on top. Sure, but a, a lot of a lot of let's just be honest, a lot of football coaches give lip service to how important their wife and their family are when they're actually not. Yeah. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And there's been a couple here, and I won't name names. Moving on. Uh, which player on the team would you let babysit Aaron's child? Jawan roundabout, Briggs. W- roundabout way of asking who is the most stand-up dude. Yeah, Jawan I think Briggs. Briggs, right, Royer? Briggs does provide the physical presence as long as <laughs> – He's a dad, so he he's good with kids. He could he's, sing he's your like, kids' lullabies. He sing. He's great, great guy, great personality, mature. He's everything you. Briggs. I don't think it's do. close. I don't think I mean, it's close. It's Briggs. Yeah. And there's a lot of good guys. That's not saying there's oh, not yeah. a lot of good guys. I just he's like, just the most stand-up dude, which is what the, the he's, he's a roundabout way of asking. He's not only a grown-ass man; he's a grown-ass adult. Yep. So, yeah, Briggs. I like to see Mason Fletcher, see what he would would do. (laughs) He's crazy. I I understand. It'd be like a fun, like, you know, put a camera in there and see how it goes. I got that vibe off. Call the police when you got done. I got that vibe off Dio last year. Yeah. Dio Dio would have been a good good babysitter. For sure. I love Dio. Look, I mean, if they had the big hands and just. They can rock her with all all time all time dating out of his league, Royer Dio. Who? Dio. Dio. <laughs> uh, I do. All right, they're not married yet, right? They're just engaged. I don't. Not that yeah. I like. Last I heard, they were engaged, but not married. His fiance. She she is a she is a good looking woman. She's super nice too. I really like her. Yeah. Um, but she I, would I come up with Dio, Dio's out of his league. I'll. I'll I'll, I'll uh, tease him a little bit. She came I'll up with his that. son a lot at higher ground this past year. Yeah. And when she first started coming up, it was like, whose who's mom and, and child is that? And then when you saw D.O. and you're like, oh, that's. <laughs> D.O.'s a great guy, man. He is. I love D.O. Yeah, Good so dude. Awesome dude. He, de- he deserves it. And but he's way the- out of his league. That's the football portion of the mailbag. <laughs> Moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag, our last portion, as there is Ryan. nothing. Ryan, get Dio on, and we'll ask him if he's if he's playing out of his league. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'll hit I'll hit up Dylan. I, he'll do it for sure. Dylan and I, like Dylan, was always quiet for all the other interviews that he did, but I think him and I like got like we we clicked pretty well, where I could get more yeah. out of them than most could. Yeah, I can I can see why. I think you guys get a would you guys kind of mesh well. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. Basketball portion of the mailbag. Uh, any info on the women's basketball coaching search? Also, any truth to rumors of changes in the men's basketball staff? Nothing on the women's search. I look. I'm I'm sorry. That is at this point just not something I have time for. With everything else going on. Uh, the, the, the rumors of changes in the men's basketball staff are that, um, Drew Adams, there, there's a good chance that he would be 
a bench assistant next year. And that essentially is to say, if anything happens, if Chad Dollar gets a, a head coaching job, if Mike Roberts gets a head coaching job, if one of those guys gets a, like a, you know, a, an opportunity to go somewhere else for more money, whatever the case may be. If there was an opening on Cincinnati's bench staff, Drew Adams is absolutely 1,000% the person that would move up. Is there one specific thing where I think like, okay, this is going to happen and Drew Adams is going to take that spot? No. Is it a guarantee that one of those three spots is going to open and Drew Adams is going to take that spot? No. But if something does come available, if a better opportunity arises for anyone and they move on, I would be shocked if it's not Drew Adams that moves into a bench coaching position. I know the response to, and I knew this was going to happen. The response to how good Drew Adams has been at this has been overwhelming. Not just as a guy that's connected to Flory, as a guy that's connected to a massive network in the basketball world, and Brent can confirm this, yeah. and also a guy that can really fucking coach. Mm -hmm. So if a spot opens, yeah, yeah. They, they were... They were well ahead of the game getting Drew Adams here to begin with. And if they have a spot for him on the bench, I would be shocked if he doesn't just step right in and take it. I just can't say with any certainty like what, what that would potentially be. And Brent, you know, that man is respected like very few other in the state of Indiana and in the Midwest and yeah. in lots of places. I mean, it's just one of the top, AAU programs for a long time developed some pretty amazing talented kids and guys that have gone on to play in the NBA, obviously. And he's got deep rooted connections with all of them. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, Indiana, you know, I, you talk about kind of how high school football is in Cincinnati and in Ohio. That's how right. basketball is in Indiana, it's it, it right. you know they say in, in 49 states it's just basketball, but Indiana it's it's different. It's the truth. I mean it's it's pretty insane how much that statement's actually true. So, and uh, that's exactly where Adams is rooted in. So, yeah, I agree. All right, uh, Chad mentioned keeping an eye on Mass from Bradley in the transfer portal. Any other guys in the portal right now? You have your eye on. We definitely went over that uh, about. I will. I promise, guys. I'll let you know. Like when I when I get names that are like okay, keep a specific eye on this one. I will tell you, we do that every year. Mm -hmm. It's not changing. Promise. I uh, put this question in one of the threads recently, and some interesting answers came. Like your opinions, would you rather win three or more games in the NIT or receive an NCAA tournament invitation in a year we are probably an eight seed or worse? Hundred percent NCAA tournament. Always. One million percent in Subway. Always. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna counter this with would you rather win the whole damn thing in the NIT or go down the way Purdue did? Go down, go down the, way, the Purdue way Purdue did. 
Man, that's fucking egg on the face, though. Like, I saw someone post, like, would you... Someone posted, like, would you... On Twitter, I I forget. Sorry, I'm not giving you credit on this if you're uh, listening or watching, but they said, would you take um, Virginia's path that they have been on recently where it's, like, lose as a 16 seed to a one seed, then win a national championship, then not make the tournament, then lose in the first round two more years afterwards, it's like 1 million percent yes. Like, I mean, we're talking... Win the title. You're winning a title, and you, you're you making three out of four in silver tournaments. Yeah, I, a million percent. So... Yeah. All right. the number one team in the country all season. Sure, it stings to lose to a 16 seed, and it sucks, but you got to experience a season. They had their Kenyon Martin season. They might have they were again number next one year. all year with the player of the year. Yeah. At the end of the day, it didn't mean a whole lot. Um, and he broke his legs, so that didn't, season didn't mean shit either. I agree. You won't catch me arguing that. Uh, when, huh? I think that, see, that season meant a lot still. I think, Chad, were you being sarcastic there? Yes, a little bit. Okay. When does the Big 12 money kick in, this upcoming school year or next? So they get a prorated uh, amount. Most believe that to be about $18 million per year over the next two years, 2023, 24, and then 24, 25. And then the new TV deal starts July 1st, 2025. They will get a full $31 million share starting then. So the money kicks in starting starting July 1st. But the full share kicks in July 1st, 2025. All right. I've generally forgotten about Hensley being on this roster this year and leading up to the season there was a lot of hope, one might say hype, that he could elevate into being a key piece. What happened? He didn't uh, maximize his opportunity when he had chances there's more to this question what happened there is it that dan elevated quicker into that role or is he just not good enough at this level is it safe to assume that a tough conversation will be had regarding jared's place on this team next year or is there still hope he can be productive given that he's only a sophomore if i were jared i would be looking for somewhere to to play because at this point he was given his chance to prove and earn a spot in this rotation and he didn't take advantage of it. Does that mean I think that it's not possible down the road? I mean, yes, it's possible, but it might be best for him to take a look at uh, somewhere, maybe a step lower or a program that maybe fits him a little bit better. Um, He just didn't, Wes has shown one thing that we know for certain. If he puts you in and you maximize your opportunity, he will grow your role. And Jarrett didn't really jump up and seize that opportunity, especially early in the season. And then even when some, you know, when Vic got hurt, that opportunity came back around and it was a little bit of the same. Um, Do I think he could continue to help? Maybe, but I don't know that I ever see him as more than like the eighth guy 
And if your your ceiling is the eighth guy, why not go somewhere that you can be the fourth guy or the third guy? Uh, it, it's just kind of my thought process. If you only had one shot or one opportunity, anyway, you got it, you got it, you got it. <laughs> like, look, take a look at I, I, I funny. Take a he's, look at Kalu. He's weak. Kalu, Kalu early. They gave him an opportunity. He failed. He earned his way back, and when he got that second chance, he took advantage, and the staff earned trust in putting him on the floor and him being a plus. Jarrett, unfortunately, for whatever reason, it didn't click. So I it sucks, but, but that is part of the business. Tom Spaghetti. Spaghetti, spaghetti. Well, I wouldn't know. I can't see your face. Sorry if this has been mentioned before and I missed it. I know the original intent was for Reed and Sage to redshirt. Josh has seen playing time in multiple games. So I am assuming that has been burnt at this point. But if I remember correctly, Sage saw minutes during one game and never played again. Is he still eligible for a redshirt? Uh, he would have to get a medical redshirt, and that is what they are angling for, which is why you have not seen him anymore this season. All right. So, and the last question in the mailbag, is it possible to withdraw a scholarship from a current player on scholarship, effectively creating walk-on status and pay that player NIL dollars to keep them whole financially, tuition, etc., while freeing up a scholarship spot for someone else, essentially creating another roster spot through manipulating the NIL? I don't know of anybody that has done it. Uh, there are restrictions from the NCAA on a walk-on or on a, a scholarship player becoming a walk-on. Uh, you have to be in the program for a certain number of years. Um, that you, know, you have to be in certain academic standing. Uh, I would think the toughest part of that would be telling someone we're going to give you $40,000 in NIL money that you have to use for towards your scholarship. Um, I would guess that would like, if we're, if we're having a, an honest conversation about this, which we like to do on this podcast, I would guess that would include a conversation of here is your NIL money. And then we are going to go above and beyond that to create this situation so we could have another roster spot in terms of loopholes. Everybody is looking for every loophole they can possibly find. So if it can happen, it will happen. And I haven't seen it happen yet because you know, if that happens, it's Everyone's going to be mainstream it. news. Yeah. Somebody, some reporter is going to find out about it. A national guy like Justin Williams. Uh, somebody is going to. It's only a matter of time before this happens, right? <laughs> if it can happen, it will happen, Aaron. That's, That's what I'm saying. It's a brilliant idea. I bet you it is happening already, to be honest, in some fashion. <laughs> it's a brilliant idea. I'm telling idea. you, Ryan. If Maybe it not does happen. Maybe not going from scholarship to walk-on, but coming on as a yeah. preferred walk-on and getting the NIL money to make up for the scholarship and all of from that. From the start. 
This is talking about taking yeah. a John Newman that's been a scholarship player for five years and essentially making him a walk-on. I'm just yeah. saying, if, you, if you're if you starting it from the jump, I think it's only a matter of time before you go the other way with well, it. Well, we've seen – there's there's I can't remember who it was. There was a football program that had a company step in and NIL all the walk-ons – was Miami? Was it Miami? I think it was. I think it was Miami, Florida, where they they were like, uh, everybody's getting X amount of dollars or something. All the walk-ons are getting X amount of dollars so that they don't have to pay for school. That's so nice. I mean, but yeah, look at Ryan. He's like mother. I. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, they I was, they I took care of me. They took care early. of me. So I, I was, I was, I can't complain the things that they did for me. So. Tell It'd us, be Ryan, nice to be do. fully. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Moving on. That's the mailbag. I think BYU did it too. Um, That's who I was thinking was BYU. But it's like they covered I, the tuition of all their walk. I mean, if if you think about it though, you could legit get like twenty scholarship players on your basketball team if you build enough nil money to fund seven additional players. I mean, that's just. Uh, X had a guy give up a scholarship for his brother. I don't believe Nunji's brother was ever on scholarship for one. And for two, he did not get NIL money to pay to be a walk-on. Getting rowdy in your house, Royer. Is it hockey night again? It must be. You're on mute, bud. (laughs) That's why he's been on mute is it's hockey night behind him. That's funny. He just checked out on the Kane interview. He's like, I'm not letting these idiots behind me scream over Kane talking for an hour. <laughs> um That's the mailbag. If if somebody can do it, somebody will. Is it possible? I don't see how it's not possible, other than the player saying, Well, that I want that. $40,000 for me. I don't want I to have like to spend that $40,000. I feel like would step in pretty damn quickly. Though. I don't think they they can't. I mean, they that's can't. just... That's something that... Because like, you would be... It would be a... a agreement made outside of... Right. Hey, yeah. we're going to get you this extra $40,000 and you're going to use it to pay your tuition. I mean, that, imagine... That's Sorry. where you're going to have to make sure that you're doing things for the NIL money, not just come to sure. the school. Here, I'm sure. a booster. Here's dollars. And yeah. that's where the investigation would come about. Like, what are you actually doing to earn this money? Did we talk about the loophole for NIL that's happening with uh, foreign players? We didn't talk yeah, about we, that, did we? We did a, a couple shows ago, like Oscar Sheway, what he got. Yeah, so um, – I've done some more digging on this because uh, Rink, Rink, Rink Mast talked about NIL. And people are like, well, I thought uh, foreign, players can't. foreign players couldn't get NIL. They can. They just can't get it in America. <laughs> That's the student visa. Like, you can't make money going to school on a student visa if you're in America. But let's say hypothetically that uh, the school year ends and a player goes back to their homeland 
and they spend two weeks at home visiting their family. And in that time, they do something, they provide a service that allows them to be paid uh, NIL dollars while they're back at home. And then they come back to America and all of a sudden they've got their NIL and they got it while they were outside of America. And now they're back in America on their student visa. They can't get NIL money while they're here, but they can get NIL money while they're out of the country. And I'm told that's as simple maybe as like spending a weekend in Toronto. Like just leaving the country Oscar, for a couple days. Oscar Seaway in like one week made like – Made a million dollars. million bucks. Basically, it, yeah. It, good it, luck it, investigating it any and all 2.75 and just going somewhere and doing, you know, I think it was like photo shoots and right. – recording a couple commercials for like a local Papa John's or something. I, I don't know, but it's just <laughs> wild, wild West, man. Wild, wild West. So there are, uh, there are workarounds as, as we all knew there would be, there are workarounds being created uh, to international prospects, international players getting their cut. Uh, you just can't do it while you're on U S soil. So, like, you know, if you take a weekend trip to Jamaica, you can make as much money as you want while you're on that weekend trip in Jamaica. And if you want to bring us along to document uh, those those on those goings on, we're willing to do that. Can't imagine anybody wants that documented, quite honestly. Sure, they do. It's I mean, a message you, to other international recruits. If you're on a commercial or a photo yeah. shoot, then it's yeah. hard enough. That's what I'm saying. We'll go with you to Jamaica and do things that can get you paid. Taz got a new camera. He could he could probably record a commercial for you. This bad boy. Yeah. Ooh. Look at that bad boy, Royer. Just look a little different than the Bearcat Journal camera of years past. That look that looks sick. Right, I like right. Anything. I can't you know wait little, for the interviews. You know the little tiny motherfucker we used all those yeah, years on that tripod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're moving on up in the world. I was worried you got paid this week, and I, I thought you weren't going to show today. You're like, nah, Chad, get Chad paid me. I'm out. I got, you know me, I got, man. I got my you know dollar me. dollar bills, y'all. I'm just using y'all. <laughs> get us out of here, Brent. Well. It was another fantastic show. Thank you so much, as always, to our good friend Danco Joe over at Danco Transmission and Auto Care. A big shout out as well, and a thank you to Quick Paper Supply for all their timestamps that they have done for us throughout the uh, throughout the show. And then a special, warm thank you to Kane Broom hopping on, giving us a good amount of intel, fighting through the adversity of internet so bad. <laughs> I had to fight through it too. I, and man, I tell you what. Kane, I feel you. When you go from computer screen to phone, I mean, you're. I. It, it was, I looked at myself. I was like, I can't do the phone. No way. But special thanks to Kane. But as always, guys, shout out to my boys, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Reuter. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya.